Good morning and welcome here to the table on this first Sunday in the season of Lent. And my name is Matt, for those that I haven't had a chance to um, introduce myself to yet. And this is Linda, and we serve as the co-pastors here at the table. And we come to this moment um, having gathered many of us on Wednesday morning here in the sanctuary and then on Wednesday evening, not just talking about or thinking about moving into Ash Wednesday, but embodying that practice by placing ashes on our forehead. And we move now into worship this morning from that very place with the song of God making beautiful things out of dust. So I invite you to stand either in body or spirit as we move together in worship.
you built a life. Under ten moons, you are a house of water. You held a second heart in the arms of your ribcage. Dreamed two sets of dreams. Merged the rivers of your bloodlines under your skin. And then, in the early hours of a spring morning, I watched a piece of you leave. Swallowed in the pain of your shattering. You broke, and the rains of new life poured out of you. You are now the mother of that dawning ground, the guardian of its soil, the mender of its aching, the gardener of its joy. This is your work now. You were born in your dying. You were delivered to a new life as you birthed one into existence. You are utter magic building that mountain. Birth.
Welcome. My name is Sarneet Prasad, and I'm the Sunday morning coordinator here at the table. Um, while I was standing at the back and this music was being played, I saw a family biking to our church this morning, and one of the biker, he put his hand like this. <laughs> and then while just biking, and then came and parked at our parking place for our bikers. That's such a beautiful and a peaceful moment. And, I, and me witnessing it was just like, wow, this music and that. <laughs> wow. Welcome those online at table.life. Our host today is Steven Starr. Today's bulletin is available with a QR code, those in the century, and a link will be shared for those online. If you would like to learn more about our community of faith, please go to our website, thetableumc.org, and complete an online Connect card. Last Sunday, we collected 779 pounds of non-perishable food items <laughs> to share with our neighbors through South Sacramento Interfaith Partner SSIP Food Closet. We also had teams working on houses last weekend with Habitant for Humanity Build for Unity. We have weekly community volunteer shifts on Saturday morning at the Table Farm where we are preparing soil for planting. Thank you for reaching in love in so many ways. When we feel ready to connect with others, our co-pastors lead a series called Growing in Faith, which is designed to help newcomers learn more about our community. Our next Growing in Faith series is in Davis, in, and, is in, and it's full. Our co-pastors will lead a six-week Growing in Faith series on, here at the table on March 12th, Tuesday. Please sign up today if you would like to connect with others. When we continue to move in worship with our music team sharing a song, they created last month while on a writing retreat. This is a very first time we shared this song. I rest my soul. The lyrics was word written by Howard Thurman. Thurman was a pastor, a majestic educator, and a civil rights leader. This arrangement of his poetry is by Omari. And I invite you to remain seated as we continue to move in worship with I rest my soul. I'm here. I abandon all I thought I was. I'm here. Everything I thought I'd be by now I'm here And I I'm here, 
I rest my soul. Omari and Solabelle, thank you so much. You are such a blessing for all of us. My name is Bob Martinez. At this time, I want to invite our children to move from their sanctuary, from our sanctuary, to their godly play sanctuaries as our musicians help us with some walking music. I want to remind families that we receive an offering in godly play. There it is. <laughs> for, uh, to support Mustard Seed School, which is a Montessori-based school for children who are part of families that are experiencing homelessness. We also have loving and professional care for our youngest children just down the hall throughout worship. And godly play takes place upstairs, designed for children in elementary school, kinder through the sixth grade. Our reading this morning comes from the ninth chapter of Mark's Gospel. And I'll be sharing from the New Revised Standard Version. And of course, we invite you to follow along. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, I'm still in the song to be honest. It's really um, an amazing uh, privilege to be witness to the birth of music. It really is. And I'm grateful that you all received it. I really am. Mm. So we have a picture. I wonder if anyone knows what this is. A mountain. It's a little more obvious than that, Smith. It's a blanket, not a trick question, right? But what kind of a blanket is it? It's a striped blanket. Also not a trick question. But, and um, maybe some of you know this, it's actually got a name, it's called a temperature blanket. Temperature blankets are inspired by the work of a man, Professor Ed Hawkins, who's a climate scientist at the University of Reading. And he created this climate stripes. 
They're a simple visual representation of the long-term rise in global temperatures. Each stripe represents the global temperature averaged over one year from 1850 to 2022. So inspired by Professor Hawkins' visuals, a project was born called the Tempestry Project. And it's a collaborative fiber art environmental awareness and climate activism project which brings people together as they create original works depicting temperatures over spans of time. They're called tempestries, which is a play on tapestry. They record the daily high temperatures, for example, of a city for one year. There's one. If you can't see it, on the left are the temperatures from 1875, and it progresses. This one, a new normal temperature depicts, as I said, the deviation from average temperature going back all the way to the 1800s. And as you might guess, the blue-greens are cooler temperatures and the orange-reds are warmer temperatures. And for those who are really curious and for whomever is going to ask me this after worship, the data comes from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, and it's available to the public. You just have to Google that. So there's a great deal of research available about the climate crisis we're in, and I don't know about you, but for me, it is easily overwhelming. It's a fire hose of data coming at us from every possible angle and source. And having visual representations like that of the data really helps my understanding. And maybe that's true for some of you as well. So I was fairly taken by the way in which the resource we are sharing for Lint at the table this year explained things. While we have often taken an ecological approach to Lent, our resource, our worship series, and the resource for it um, will invite us to creatively and collaboratively journey together through Lent in ways we've not really imagined before, and we don't know how it's going to work out. <laughs> We're grateful you all are going with us on this journey. And you can find the resource. I'm going to show you. I feel a little Vanna White-ish. But it's online, so you can have it on your iPad or your laptop or your phone. But I'm old, and I like things printed. <laughs> and then we also have a little gift for everyone, because we're going to work together over this. And so today you'll get an empty notepad to go with it. Taking our lead from the artist, we're going to use the image of a blanket and this phrase, a thickening blanket of pollution overheating the planet. Now that, I can, I can see that. And instead of saying fight climate change in this resource, we are suggesting this, fight the polluters who are overheating our planet. Words matter. And part of the changing of our language is to become better equipped to talk about hard things, 
because we know a doom and gloom approach is not the way forward. We are called to take a love and act approach, building on our love for our neighbors near and far, and our love for God, maker of heaven and earth, who is nothing if not a God of creative, graceful action in whose image we are all made. We are God's beloveds. Oh, I love that sound. That's a beloved sound. Oh. We hear about belovedness in the passages, and Bob read it for us this morning. And it may sound familiar to you because it's the baptism of Jesus passage, and we heard it back in um, January at the beginning of Epiphany, and Pastor Matt referred to it last week. You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And this week we hear a little bit more of Mark's story. And you have to be careful because if you blink, you might miss it. Because the other gospel accounts take 11 or 12 verses to tell the same story. Mark uses two verses. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beast and the angels waited on him. Mark states that the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. And while Mark's account is brief, the words he picks hold some intrigue, for me at least. Does being driven by the Spirit mean that Jesus was not enthusiastically embracing this time of testing? Would he have preferred to prepare for his public ministry in like a different way? Does he resist? going into the wilderness, necessitating a driving force to push him there. We're left to wonder. Because who wants to go into the wilderness willingly anyway? One scholar who has spent time there describes Jesus' wilderness like this. The wilderness he was driven into was probably the desert south of Jericho where the Jordan River field feeds into the Dead Sea. <clears throat> you can see for miles in every direction there, and it's all sand-colored. The hills, the rocks, the brush, the scorpions. And it's also very quiet, because both the sand absorbs sound and because there are not many living things to make any noise. Whatever your wilderness is like, it probably has a few things in common. <clears throat> excuse me, with the one Jesus was driven into. You did not choose it. You're not in control. And the one sound so often missing completely is the voice of God. For many of us, the hardest thing to believe is that God has anything to do with the wilderness at all. We can feel abandoned and left and turned over to our enemies. But according to the Gospel of Mark, it was the Spirit of God who drove Jesus into the wilderness, not Satan, not the problems of the world. The Holy Spirit of God did it. Also, according to Mark, this wilderness period is essential to everything that came after it for Jesus. 
One scholar says it like this, it was a great source of his humanness as well as his holiness. Even after he left the wilderness, he carried it around inside of him. And far from fleeing it later in his life, he sought it out. Without the wilderness, he would not have been the same person. Because of the wilderness, he was not afraid of anything. Followers on the way of Jesus believe this so much that we have set aside this season that we are in right now called Lent. Step one was last Wednesday. With the imposition of ashes, we remembered that we are from dust, and to dust we shall return. And this week is step two, in which we seek to love the world and find ways to put our love into action. That seeking follows Jesus into the wilderness on our own inward journey. The second step in our resource invites this question. How might thinking of your care for creation as part of how you reach in love in the world shift how you understand or experience that care? Remember that part of our deep commitments that we make? How will you reach in love this year? What does your care for creation look like today? How might you deepen your care over this season of Lent to love the world and put your love into action? In virtually every transformative excuse me, movement in human history, the abolitionist movement against slavery, the civil rights movement in the United States, the movements for women's suffrage, labor protections, dismantling apartheid in South Africa, the list goes on and on. In each of these cases, people of faith have been at the center of the action. Catalysts, laborers, visionaries. And now as we confront what is arguably the greatest challenge in human history, God is calling us all to step up once more. To love the world and put our love into action, to care for creation, to pass it on to the next generation, the one that we hear crying out in worship all morning long, so that it will be better and healthier and hardier than we found it for them. Just as you might ask one of our ancestors, right? And I can remember asking my dad this, man. How did you contribute to the civil rights movement? Uh, it didn't come out quite so nicely when I asked him. <laughs> like, dude, where were you? Or did you sit on the sidelines? Our descendants are going to surely ask the same of us. How did you contribute to the fight for a livable, healthy climate for all of God's creatures, great and small? So we don't expect any of us to have a quick answer. The wilderness is 40 days. 40 days is shorthand in the Bible for a really long time, right? Wilderness journeys take time. What we do hope is that we will team up with each other and take an inward journey as our first steps together. And that could be in your kitchen table, in your family, with a friend, with coworkers, we leave that part up to you.
but there is even a great video to help us create our own <clears throat> Venn diagram with a version of Frederick Beekner's famous definition of vocation, which is, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. There are three overlapping circles for us to work with. Yeah. What brings you joy? What work needs doing? What are you good at? And where they overlap, that's your climate action. And it's okay not to know what that is today. And somewhere along the lines in her video, if you go to watch it, uh, and all the links for that are on our website, she says, and also not fair to put in there stuff you've already been doing for years. I was like, darn. <laughs> Our hope is that we will discover some new things during this wilderness time. And it was exactly out of a process like this that the tempestry that I showed you in the beginning was born. What brought them joy? Gathering people together to create textiles. What work needed doing? education about the thickening blanket of pollution overheating the planet. What are you good at? Stitching. <laughs> Climate action, the tempestry. It's just amazing to me what we all can come up with. If you want to see how this has spread, because it is no small thing, and I know I'm in the knitting world, so to me it's explosive, Go on Instagram and do hashtag temperature blanket. It's amazing to see what creative people can do. And I'm not offended if you're doing that right now. As much as we might <clears throat> prefer to ignore it, the wilderness is where we find God. And actually, you might even say that in the wilderness, well, that's where God does some of God's best work. Long after his 40 days in it were over, Jesus returned to refresh his vision and to say his prayers. And a whole lot of people followed him. And he fed them there. Just like he goes on feeding us today. So, may your own period in the wilderness this Lent... <coughs> Sorry, I'm allergic to something. Be one in which you trust in his feeding and presence. And may we remember <clears throat> wherever, wherever we end up, wherever our wilderness expands out before us, Jesus has already gone there before we have. Let's say amen. As a number of scholars went back into the ancient sites of those earliest followers of Jesus, they gathered together around, I'm having a moment right now, I apologize. Um, 
I'm putting pieces together. And that's actually what these scholars were doing. They were going back to ancient sites and what they imagined that they would find when they looked at catacombs or burial grounds, they imagined that they might find symbols like you see in most Christian churches, a, a cross. And as they went back to these sites, what they found instead in these ancient burial grounds was not the artwork of a cross, but was an image of loaves and fishes. And they found it over and over again. Large baskets of bread and platters of fish. There were tables with seven people around enjoying food. One of those images in the Priscilla catacombs, which dates to the late third century, shows a table of women and the inscription just has the women calling, bring it warm. I think that's their version of that ancient tapestry or tempestry. The early church framed its most important ritual meal as an act of feeding. We call this Eucharist, the great thanksgiving, the meal that celebrates the bread of earth blessed by heaven and shared together in community. One biblical scholar talks about it like this. It is in food and drink offered equally to everyone that the presence of God and Jesus is found, experienced. But food and drink are the material basis of life, so the Lord's Supper is political criticism and an economic challenge as well as this sacred rite and liturgical worship. And so it's all of those things mixed together as one. And we're invited now to turn toward that table and to wonder about the bread of life. And we do so recognizing, recognizing that we fall short of living in ways that God longs for us to live, that all of God's creation might experience abundance. And so each week we offer, not by ourselves, but collectively as a community, a prayer of confession, acknowledging together some of those ways. So I invite you to stand, those in the sanctuary in body or spirit. And our prayer of confession this morning and throughout this worship series comes to us from an indigenous scholar and activist, Vine Deloria, and this is from Vine's book, God is Red. So I invite us to join our hearts and our voices together with this prayer of confession. The lands of the planet call to humankind for redemption. But it is a redemption of sanity, not a supernatural reclamation project at the end of history. The lands wait for those who can discern their rhythms. The peculiar genius of each continent, each river valley, the rugged mountains, the placid lakes, all call for relief from the constant burden of exploitation. Who will find peace with the lands? The future of humankind lies waiting for those who will come to understand their lives and take up their responsibilities to all living things. Who will listen to the trees, the animals and birds, the voices of the places of the land. Hear these words of assurance, which come to us from a first century prayer. Show yourselves to those in need. Heal the sick, feed the hungry, give freedom to our prisoners, and console the faint-hearted. 
this way of Christ's beauty and love is yours this day and evermore. Let's say amen. Amen. And friends, I invite us to join in the call and response. This is one of the church's practices for recognizing the belovedness of God in each and every neighbor around us. Friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. And also be with you. And I invite you to turn and share a symbol of that peace with those just near to you. The Lord be with you. giver of every good thing. You created the visible world and all it contains. You inebriate it with inexhaustible springs. You said, let us make humanity in our own image. You gave us souls endowed with reason and judgment. You gave us bodies endowed with five senses and with movement. You brought us into the paradise of delights, but we scorned your commandment. You rightly, God, thrust us forth from paradise, but you did not wholly reject us in our lost state. You promised to release us from the bonds of death so that we might live, live and rise from the dead. compassion descended and took up residence in bread. Fire and spirit are in the womb of her who bore you. Fire and spirit are in the river in which we are baptized. Fire and spirit are our baptismal font. In the bread and in the cup are fire, fire and Holy Spirit. Christ has Christ's body is newly mingled with our bodies. Christ's blood, too, poured into our veins. Christ's voice is in our ears and Christ's brightness in our eyes. In God's compassion, the whole of Christ has been mingled with the whole of creation.
let us pray together the words Jesus taught his disciples as they are paraphrased in the New Zealand prayer book. Eternal spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all, loving God in whom is heaven, the hallowing of your name echoes through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the earth. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Pour your spirit, God, upon each of us gathered in this moment and over the gifts that are before us. Make these gifts the body and the love of Christ, and make us through them your body alive in the world. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All are welcome at the table of God's love, and when we say all, we mean everyone. For those of us who are gathered online, we hope you will bring close to you whatever you are using this day for your bread and your juice. For those of us here in this room, we will share um, this meal in the front and in the back of the sanctuary. On the platter is bread, and in the center of the platter is our uh, crackers that have no gluten in them. And in the cup is always grape juice. We encourage you to take your time. There are places around the perimeter of the sanctuary for prayer, either kneeling or standing, lighting a candle and listening for the voice of God. Sometimes we need to speak too, but often listening is what is called for. We want you to remember that <clears throat> every week there are people among us for whom this is something really new. And so that is beautiful. There are many among us for this is something that we have practiced in our life over and over, and that is beautiful. And so we watch over one another in love wherever we are on that continuum. You can't make a mistake. We are in this together doing God's beautiful divine dance. And as we move in those directions to break bread or to pray, you'll also find that Sarnit has here and in the back of the sanctuary also journals that we invite you to take with us as we take this journey through the season of Lent together. And then you'll find the resource on our website to download along with that. So friends, this is the bread of life and the body of Christ. God says to you, bring it warm. <laughs> and this is the cup of God's forgiveness poured out for all. Amen. Me staring again. 
again Familiar smile Warms my skin How can a person be your We encourage those praying with candles to stay for just as long as you desire or need in that spirit of prayer. Loving God for the depth of the mystery through which you are revealed to creation, we give you thanks. 
May this divine dance weave us together in the threads of your grace and send us into the world that we might become the movement for peace and healing and justice that you so long to see. We offer this time in our lives in Jesus' name and in your many, many names at this time. Amen. Friends, we hope that you will wonder about the next steps which God might invite you to be taking in this moment, and we know that those take so many different forms. We are still gathering down at Table Farm where we're preparing the beds there to plant. We'll be uh, planting in the coming weeks and then growing food alongside neighbors to give away through the South Sacramento Interfaith Partnership Food Closet. We also had an intergeneration of uh, team that went on Thursday evening to the Park and Rec directors in Sacramento. Sacramento County, and they received unanimous approval to enter into a partnership of a long-term lease that for a dollar a year, we will um, lease part of Florin Creek Park, a half acre, and that will become the new site for Table Farm as we are uh, removed from the site that we're on because the Catholic Church is going to um, sell that land to make money to address uh, deferred maintenance. So as they kick us off so that they can address deferred maintenance, we're entering into a partnership with, um, with Sacramento County, and that'll start in the fall where we've never moved a farm before, but you guys... <laughs> That if anybody's on the diagram, if it comes up that the middle is moving a farm, please immediately come and tell us, because we would really like your assistance. Um, um, that will be very, very helpful. And so... Linda and I also teach a series that's called Growing in Faith, and it's a great way to connect with others and learn more about how we share life together here at the table. We'll be offering one of those out in Davis, and that is full, but we do have one here at the table. I think there are just two spots left in it that begins on March 12th, so we encourage you to sign up today for that. Many of us um, make a commitment to showing up and to sharing in God's love by giving generously of our resources, and so we know that generosity looks so different from person to person, but we invite you to consider what that might look like for you to align not just your hopes, but also our finances with the ways that God is moving in the world. So we encourage you to give online or here in the table. Um, for those that are in person, there are places around the sanctuary to do just that. I'm going to invite us to stand either in body or spirit. We'll go out to a song that comes to us from The Brilliance. This is our music team sharing, Will We Ever Rise? share humanity I can see another day The hill 
can we love another way? Forgive as you forgive. I can see another day come. made whole and I hold all hope all hope that Mother Earth can too <laughs> I really do so let us learn together this Lenten season to see the needs as love remakes all of us this day and into God's beautiful and unfolding future amen amen Will we ever rise? 